0: We're gonna stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. It's time, America, for the number one conservative common sense podcast that's calling out all the social justice, political correctness crap, and putting it on the run. Do you think you can handle it? So hop in and buckle up and get ready to ride with two straight-shooting, tell-it-like-it-is ex-street cops. And they know how to party with few inhibitions. As they give the special interest and weak need politicians a swift kick in the ass. Wow, is that legal? With some good old fashioned common sense. Bring it on, baby. It's Cop Talk USA with your hosts, Marillo and French. Well, hello David Marillo. Hello everybody out there. How you doing? Well, I'm good. Welcome to Cop Talk. Everybody? Yeah. Yeah. I think I said that right. Cop Talk.
1: Big word, Raj. No, you know, we don't wanna
0: we don't wanna make a mistake with that word. <laughs> no, no. COP. COP talk. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh good weekend. Yeah, your uh, your cyclones. I was worried about them for a while. Well, they I were little, I was a little nervous. Yeah.
0: Usually what happens is my cyclones win mm-hmm. and then my bears win.
1: Yeah, yeah, that didn't not Not
0: the case this weekend, buddy. I,
1: I think the Bears and the Chiefs shared coolers this, this
0: I, week. I, ooh, yeah, it looked,
1: see, it looked like a basketball game. Hey, you, know, you know who flew all the way out to watch the Chiefs play? One of the most diehard Chiefs fans you'll ever, ever run across, uh, retired Lieutenant Joe Gonzalez from the Des Moines Police Department. He flew all the way out there to watch his Chiefs get their fannies whipped.
0: And he probably walked all the way
1: back. I, don't, I mean,
0: <laughs> oh, my sulking. word. Yeah, I think I think uh, the Chief Nation is hurting. Yeah. The Bears, you know, it's just
1: yeah, – they just got issues over there. If you're a Bears fan, you're just a sports sadist. Absolutely. You, know, you, you just like getting your butt whipped. That's all there is to it. But I want to
0: tell you, it was a beautiful day in Ames. We were up there. Um, the crowd it was packed. The team played tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a great game to watch. Uh, I I had the honor of uh, uh, having Nicole Hassel. She oh, was yeah. on our show. Yep. She's running for District Three against uh, Axney. She joined us up there, and we had a good conversation. Uh, you know, a lot about law enforcement, a lot about values that she brings to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, Nicole comes from Chicago. Yeah, she was up there with her husband, her two and her son, uh, talking to me about a lot of things in Chicago and a lot of things that people the Democratic mm-hmm. Party is trying to portray right now. And she's a person of color, so obviously you know, she can speak to that and she's going to be a good candidate. Well, I, th- I think Axney has her hands full.
1: She's, she's an actual lady of color, okay? And Axney is not, and none of her pals in the left-wing media are. What they are, they're pirates of people of color. Right. So, you know, the, the gal, uh, you know, who's actually got a permanent tan is the one who can speak intelligently to the matter of race.
0: And And, you know, aside from that, Physical responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. she and I, my my advice to her was: Look, if you're running against anybody in the Democratic Party who is mm-hmm. tying themselves to Joe Biden, I mean, she, Biden's in her in the commercials with oh, Alexi yeah. doing. Yeah. All, I said, you're halfway there. Yeah, because that he she's tying herself to a boat anchor that's going right down. Yeah, and yeah. with approval ratings and everything. And we've talked about this on other shows, but uh, I said, you know, you just stay the course, and of course. I gave her my, my opinion and my direction, which is probably worth about ten cents and a cup of coffee. But uh, you know <laughs> she, uh, she, uh, she's a great
1: person. Oh no, no, she's and a I, great you know, person, great family lady. I know she's going to reach out to
0: you over yeah. the, uh, police issues because she mm-hmm. supports the uh, law enforcement. Yep, and uh, I don't think you can go by. So nope. we enjoyed the game up there, and you know I'll tell you the other thing I did, and it wasn't this weekend, and I think you and I talked about this. I watched. Debates, I guess, or the I think oh, there were debates. Really, the city councils. KCCI had mm-hmm. them on on the Des Moines mm-hmm. uh, council, and I got to tell you something. I am very glad I live in West Des Moines. <laughs> I just
1: <laughs> I just got to tell you that
0: because <laughs> the the candidates that, that I thought were extreme, their challengers make them look like oh yeah Donald Trump. <laughs> well, the
1: moderates. Uh, the The police associations we do political endorsements, and we are endorsing and have endorsed Connie Boz. and so right, right. Uh, this other. Justin Lewis. J- Justin. Justin, yeah, whatever his name is. Was that your spelling, Roger? Know, no, that's reading. how he spells his name. Okay, Justin. Okay. Justin Lewis. Yeah, and then uh, you know the other th- three challenging yeah. Josh Mandelbaum. Josh Mandelbaum was endorsed by the police associations initially, well, but yeah. Joshua needs to get off the anti-gun kick. So well,
0: Lew- Lewis... This this Lewis against Boson. He's like, well, people who get arrested, you really have to look at their backgrounds, and you know, before we take them to jail, and see if they come from a, you know, a hard background. Well, you know, robbery's robbery. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care what your background is. You commit a crime. We don't have different penalty levels based on your economic income or where you come from. The Mandelbaum one that was on a separate night with Mandelbaum, this Corey McNally and Brandi Weber. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I this Brandi Weber. She was like. I don't know if she saw, she was upset that the police department had raided some homeless camps and taken away a wheelchair. And, and she thinks police should be defunded. And we need to redirect those funds more to social workers. And
1: mm-hmm. uh, she she's on the f- whole full-blown reimagined trip. You, you know? know, when I was still with Des Moines PD, we were sent down to some homeless camps east of 2nd Avenue. Chief Mulder was still the chief then. Mm-hmm. And we were getting reports of a lot of these homeless people were heating their tents with propane cylinders. And one died in a fire down uh-huh. there. But going down there and trying to tell these homeless folks, "Hey, this is dangerous." We were attacked the, by the media a lot. Yeah, and a lot of the
0: homeless people—they're out there because they want to be out there. Yeah, they don't. Homeless shelters can be dangerous. I, you, we've heard that before. They want to be outside. They want to be there, and uh, you know, uh, and unfortunately, that sometimes they they encamp in places what you know aren't the best. I remember, I remember when the Des Moines what was the Des Moines Club that was down there at by Nolan Plaza. Mm-hmm. And there was a homeless guy, you know, that had the ground level. Mm-hmm. You could eat dinner and look mm-hmm. out the windows, have a beautiful view, Till a homeless guy came out in front of those windows and defecated
2: right in front of them in dinner time.
0: <laughs> and they were all, everybody was upset. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I know the city's trying to do some things with it, but these candidates make it. And the other thing is they well, want. Well, that's
1: what's to- wrong with this country right now. When, when yo-yos get elected to positions of power and authority, they invoke their radical beliefs. It can be radical left, it can be radical right, it doesn't matter. We want people who are moderates, who are centrists, who are middle of the road. later
0: comments this Corey McNally, for instance, his big thing is he wants to uh, move these people all, spread them all throughout the neighborhoods, homeless shelters all throughout. The city of Des Moines. He just doesn't want to, you know. Well, we start, so, so if
1: you got a house no, here, let's start with his backyard. Yeah. Well, that's how true. many tents can you throw up in your backyard? Corey? And
0: this brandy, her one of her comments was, well, you know, if we have a high expensive condo and it's sitting empty, let's turn, let's give them so many days to sell that, and then we want to turn it into low income affordable housing. Well, how do you feel if you're the guy, the neighbor next door, just paid? You know, five hundred thousand dollars for your condo. And now, all of a sudden they're turning they don't, into they, that. Don't,
1: they don't think like that. They don't. No, they, no. Common sense is, is conspicuous by its absence with some of these socialist candidates well, for office. Well, like I said, I mean, I didn't.
0: Those are just the two races. One was South, and I think Connie Boson's up in. I think you ought to run was, for office, Raj. Oh, I you got to live there, buddy, and I mm-hmm. don't live there, and I don't plan to live there. And nothing, hey, nothing against people living in Des Moines. I just think they got to be real careful because you've got some
1: real liberal people that mm-hmm. are running
0: for that office, and. Yep. Uh, it's kind of scary. Kind well, of, kind of and keep scary.
1: in mind, uh, voting for a Democrat right now means you want to join the 36% that are still supporting Sleepy Joe. No, and uh, I'm glad I'm not in that 36% oh, bracket. I I, I I, will tell you that. It's, it's,
0: it's something else. Hey, I want to uh, do my annual or my regular, not annual, but my show, my shout outs. I'm to throw out some people here. I want to, uh, if I may, mm-hmm. uh, Hutter Quarter. I want to say hi to him. Dave Derringer. I was driving oh, down the yeah. road. I was driving down the road. He's a former Dashing Des Moines da- police officer. Dashing Dave. And I got a car that pulls up to me. And I, and I kind of look over. I thought, oh, here's some guy probably cut off. And he's looking at me, kind of frowning. I go, mm-hmm. oh. So I go a little further and he pulls up a little again, rolls down his window. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, here we go. And he goes, Hey, Francis Derringer. I go, Oh, Dave, I didn't yeah, recognize he's you. A dandy. So I saw him. He's a, he's a regular listener. He's he, a good man. And he follows you. Mm-hmm. He follows yeah. David. Uh, Mike Farrell, I want to say hi to him. Uh, Vic Munoz, yeah, former uh, deputy on the he, Polk County assi- Sheriff. I think
1: his assistant chief when he retired at Polk I don't know, County Sheriff. Something I want. I told him I want to get him on here and get the get mm-hmm. the true story. What's I grew up on. with him. He he lived behind the alley in Valley
0: Junction. Well, was, I, we I told kids. him he's a little. He's retired now and he's mm-hmm. taking it easy. He goes, oh, I don't know. I said, oh, Vic, you got to come on. So mm-hmm. uh, we got to get him on. Matt Fisher, I want to say hi to him. Yep. Steve Sukup. Steve, yes. Everybody knows Steve. He's a Big donor, up End Zone. Mm-hmm. He he donates a lot of money. He's, he uh, Sukup Industries, uh, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, he listens to the program. Well, one thing it.
1: about Steve, too, you know, put his financial success aside, he's just a damn good guy. Just, oh, yeah. Just he, down to earth. I mean, yeah, you know, Talk to just, anybody.
0: Yeah. You know, I, right. I, I see him at yeah, Jack Trice. You've got all the sweets. Mm-hmm. you got the up End Zone. You know where he sits? Front row of the End Zone. Yeah. He's, he's right down there with the crowd in the front row. He has three or mm-hmm. four seats, him and his lovely wife, and yep. they sit down there. So Good great per, great person. Joan Workman, I want to say hi. I want to say hi to somebody. I don't know if we've given Larry a shout out, but Larry Stugart.
1: I Wanna say hi to the <laughs> yeah. stew. Yeah, the, the head. The the, 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 yeah. the. well you always <laughs> just say it. he bottles for water towers. Oh, he, my he's, gosh. Gonna, he's gonna get you. He's gonna w- get- he was a dandy. He's a dandy. Dave Lillard, wanna yep. say hi to
0: Dave. Yep. I was hoping we gotta get him on sh- he, on the show. He'll get he'll come on. I know his lovely wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's over at Bankers Trust. Person and uh, handle some money for me. Uh, Debbie and Charlie Richards mm-hmm. I Want to say hi to them. Good couple. Yeah. Now she's in the horse. She's big. Yeah, they're the horse both and, into the equestrian, the arena. equestrian stuff and mm-hmm. the horses. But the department doesn't have. In they have. It's more ceremonial.
1: It's not. I don't even know if they're do they doing stylists? anything with the equestrian I, side I, of things. You anymore. know, with all
0: the riots and stuff that were going, so called riots. I would. I would have liked to see them bring those horses
1: back because. Yeah, you can control a lot of people with a horse. Yeah. Horse, horses, uh, don't have any real politically correct feelings. You know, when they stomp down, get <laughs> out of the way or you're going to get broken toes. You no, know, I don't <laughs> think so. Get them, get them. Or there's a couple other things that horse can do to Yeah. Them. <laughs> they'll analyze you and then they'll unload in the uh, middle of the street. Unload more in ways than one.
0: Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, I want to do that. Uh, the next thing I want to do is, is we do this every show, talk about our officer shootings, uh, in the last week. And we lost three officers. One of them, uh, Andrew Robert McDonald. He was with the Grand Prairie Police Department, of Texas. We lost him on October 13th. He was a father of three, a brother. Uh, he was 46 and 22 year veteran. Lost him through COVID. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start including some of those guys. We also lost Ty Allen Powell. Uh, he was with Windsor Police Department, in Colorado. Had wife, uh, five kids, 19 year veteran. Uh, was on the force a uh, number of years there. He was 53. And I oh, was a 22-year veteran. And mm-hmm. He died of COVID. And then, lastly, somebody a little closer to home. And we're going to talk about this individual in our spotlight. But uh, we lost uh, Trooper Ted Binda. He was a Iowa State Patrol trooper, and he was uh, uh, we lost him in a traffic accident. And he passed away six days after the accident, just the other day. So, our thoughts and prayers to all those oh, folks yeah. and their families. Yeah, um, you know, we we really uh, uh, feel for that and want to talk about them. Anyway, let's talk about ways that folks can contact us real quick. Go ahead. If, if folks want to contact us, you can get on any of the social media forums. You can, there's also, a if you go to our website and you log on to listen to one of the programs, right below that you can message us. And we've talked about other things. There's everything there's to contact us and, and let us know. So stay tuned and, and reach out for us. And I think it's time for Dave's favorite segment.
1: And now it's time for... Ass Hats of the Week. It's
2: time.
0: Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. He's a real asshole. Oh, David, yeah. David, David, David. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I'm going to let you go, buddy. The listeners will be happy uh, for this week's segment because I'm not going to name anybody specifically. Okay. This is a generic group of ass hats, if okay. you will. Okay, okay. And that is... If you are critical of stand-up comedian Dave Chappelle, who earns his living insulting people and making you laugh, if you are one of these meatheads who criticized and attacked this man, this good man, then you are an asshat. They they try to make these these comedians woke. You you don't dictate to any comedian worth his or hers two cents – what they can and cannot say. If, if their language offends you, then stay away. I mean, the tickets to a Chappelle show are not cheap. He's on Netflix, and I think, this, yeah, I think that I th- program they were talking about he was had a Netflix couple, I, I put a couple of his posts that he posted after he was attacked. And right. a, a, Another point of interest here is I have a lot of black friends, right, and not a single one of them is offended at Chappelle. In no. fact, they said if he if he came to Des Moines They'd go see him. They'd go see him. Yeah. Absolutely. Hot ticket. Yeah. yeah. And he, so he's he's a brilliant comedian. Everybody should be able to laugh at themselves. Okay as a hispanic i'll laugh at a hispanic joke right it's not personal it's just comedy it's it's levity lighten up america this is part of why roger and i are doing this we have to stop this kind of stuff dead in its tracks and it and it's been going on since the days of lenny bruce
0: they've tried to silence comedians and you just can't but now it's a whole new deal it's not about it's, it's not about can, saying a dirty it's a word cancel, cancel it's cancel culture that's exactly if right.
1: i don't i'm liberal as long as you do things that I like. Now, the minute you say or do something I don't like, then I'm going to attack you and try to cancel you. Right. That's not the definition of liberalism. Liberalism is tolerance, mm-hmm. okay? That's not tolerance, what they're throwing at Dave Chappelle. Well, I was proud to see that it doesn't appear Netflix uh, has a problem. I did see
0: what they had, uh, I don't know, a bunch of it. Netflix employees walked out and protest mm-hmm. in L.A., imagine that. Mm-hmm. But Netflix is kind of holding their 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 ground saying no no this is this is artistic and and we're not going to get into that i was i was pleased to see dave
1: that. chappelle is a mega millionaire he has a product that people want to consume and he, he's going to probably come out of this bigger and better than he already was which is hard to believe
0: well i haven't i haven't heard but i've heard all this so you're right i'm going to watch it yeah. it's on next I, it I, I, I gotta up. pull this up. chappelle's funny and he he uh he is comedy and and uh transcends all kind of yeah, and race you know and co- it, other comedians,
1: great. you know D.L. Hughley, the guy oh, kills me. Yeah, you know yeah. Bernie Mac, rest his soul. I used to migrate to his stand-up comedy. The guy was rude, crude, lewd, and he's funny. And I went to wa- I would watch his stuff so I could laugh. And you know? and and
0: I, there's a lot of people out there today. But you're right, there's a lot of this counterculture out there, and they will they'll, they'll do anyways, that. Anyways,
1: if you if you're uh, if you support the crowd that attacked Dave Chappelle, you're an asshat.
0: Well, that's exactly right. Well, I've got one, and it's a little more uh, recent. And I don't know whether I'm going to call him out or his production company, but it's the Alex Baldwin shooting that occurred in California. Somebody loaded a gun or left a gun loaded, and he mm-hmm. pointed at somebody and pulled the trigger. Now, in films, I know you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to point guns. That's the whole very, And they're supposed to have safety and, and all this and what's leaked out is some of the crew took that gun and was out doing some target practice. Was well, yeah. one of those clowns left a bullet in there. Yep. And now you got a dead woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. you know, I've always been taught you don't point a gun at somebody until you unless you know what's in it. In the movie industry I'm not quite sure. So I'm gonna have to say, Alex, you're kind of an ass clown. You you should have checked that, but I think that's going to fall on somebody in there, and I think there's going to be some lawsuits. I've heard some rumblings that the
1: safety protocols weren't being followed. And, that, yeah, and that's the second time this happened. In the he is vehemently anti-gun, period. And he has attacked everybody who is supportive of gun rights. So you would think that somebody who takes the position he has taken would have at least taken a gun safety course, which he never took.
0: Well, they have a chain of custody on those guns. So uh, this wasn't followed, and, it, and it's a it's a big issue, and the production company is going to be on the hook. And you know, I know they're looking at, it, they're investigating it, but I think at this time it's going to be classified as a as an accident. But my God, I mean, stupidity of these people. And
1: when yeah. it, when, it, and, when it comes and to, to him, guns, you've got to be careful. To, to him, and, and my heart goes out to the victims of his stupidity. Yeah. But for him specifically, karma visited him in a large way. He, he, he is an attacker to the nth degree. Yeah. So I don't think putting on his Trump wig on Saturday Night Live is going to get him out of this mess. No. But he may blame Trump for it because that's what they He's like not getting
0: do. ERA back in. Let's put it that way. No, They're not, no, they're not no. touching him. He's, he's,
1: uh, he just ruined
0: and, himself. And it, and it was a low-budget movie he's on, so yeah. maybe they cut corners. I heard they were cutting corners. They, they were shortened. Some of the crew had walked off based
1: on some uh, safety He reached his pinnacle money. of success in uh, Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. But then don't forget about his lovely wife. Remember what she did last year? You're talking about, about uh, Kim Basinger. No, no, no. Oh, Bald- I'm, I, I'm missing on Baldwin. No, oh, yeah, yeah. He's had a bunch of wives. But this is his, the one he's currently married to. Don't forget about what she did. No. What did she do? Uh, her name is Hillary. But she was going by Hilaria Baldwin, claiming she was Hispanic and got called on the carpet. And she's got about as much Latino blood in her as this bottle of water sitting here oh, the no. desk. Embarrassed her to no end. What was the benefit about... of that? Why was she trying to do that? Because that caters to the race pirates in this country. Oh, yeah. You know, the the oh, radical... Yeah. And I'm, not, not, I'm not talking about blue dog Dems. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about moderate Dems. I'm talking about these race pirates who proclaim to be the self-appointed guardian angels of people of color. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what she was doing. She, right. If she can come... At at the table, you know, in a Hispanic format. Who was the other one uh, that got in big trouble? Elizabeth. Um, oh, there's been so many of them. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, the, the one I, I,
0: when you're talking about race, I, I remember who was the Democratic candidate up in Seattle that said she was black and
1: she was white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what, the, what the hell's wrong with these people that I do that? I you know, know. I mean, they just, they're not thinking. Be so, happy with who you are. And, and stop this craziness. I'm not you just look happy like a fool. It. I'm not very happy with. I am. I want to be somebody different, I think, but not, <laughs> not like, like that.
0: that. Roger, I would money. Hey, you can be whoever you I want. I be whoever yeah. I want. Yeah. Go, okay. Yeah. Right. I'll be like Bob. Yeah. I'm going to be like Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Bob. Anyway. So, um, you know, I was going to do one more, uh, asshat. And I think we talked about this. I don't think we talked about it in the show. Um, There's some things going on. There's a shooting going on with some kids at a school. We didn't talk about this earlier on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, These kids uh, of color, Mm -hmm. and they live out in the suburbs in some pretty nice houses with a, a pretty nice upbringing. But what they were doing is they were going online on their Facebook ads and they were showing guns and they were being gangsters, mm-hmm. acting the gangster thug thing. And, of course, they weren't. their parents weren't watching it. And What happened? They went to school and shot somebody. And now they want everybody to feel sorry for them. Well, what's coming out is, wait a minute, kids. You're not from some background. You came from a good home. You came from all this. The parents are at fault. And, the, and I fault the parents today who don't follow their kids' social media. If your kid has you blocked, you got a problem. He's hiding that for some reason, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you got to stay on top of that. So, uh, so. Well, uh,
1: most parents don't, and not only are they getting involved in the wannabe gangster arena, a lot of them sexted. Oh, you know, yeah, text, yeah. Se- you know, when and, you and at I, a young age, yeah, you, when young you age. and I were in in middle school and in high school. Uh, first of all we couldn't do it because the forum didn't exist no but now it does and they start at the middle school sometimes you know younger but most time middle school and older and they send nude photographs of themselves to each other well once you hit enter folks it's in cyberspace forever well i think and i think those kids they a couple of them have gotten racked up about doing that in school Mm -hmm. because you get somebody who's 17
0: doing that to a you know a, a 15 year old or 16 year old it becomes a crime.
1: Well, I ma- I maintain because children have no rights to these things. I maintain that during the school week um, your child's cell phone should have access to your numbers and 911 and that's it. No turn the cameras off, you can't surf the internet, you can't call each other. That'll stop a lot of this dead in their tracks. Well, hey, again, Parents got
0: to take responsibility. They got to know what their kids are doing. If those phones are in your name, then the, you have right over that. You, the minute you go out and put that phone in a child's name, then there's all kinds of issues. Remember when,
1: when we were in school, remember what would get us in trouble? You talk about how well. How many, ways, are. how many ways? How many ways? Oh, Never. We we'd go buy them little. Uh, packages of monster cards with the bubble gum in, them, right, right, and the schools outlawed it. Man, that was big stuff. Oh, that back that then. was bad. You can't have them hot rod monsters, you know. You and you can't have the gum in the school. That we were we were living on the edge back then. Well,
0: You know, schools today uh, they're just like cities, and they have their, they need to. You know, when they took the police officers out of the schools in Des Moines, um, I just shook my head. I I, I think it's not a win. I don't think if it's a matter of wh- if they're going to have a problem there, it's when they're going to have some kid get shot. World they're going to wish they had those officers back in there. I just I don't know when that program. Will the start
1: world's either. changed, and uh, sometimes uh, not for the better. So Absol- absolutely, uh, monitor what your children are doing uh, because the teachers will appreciate it, and uh, most of all, as parents, uh, you'll have a better track of what your child's doing or not doing. Absolutely. So uh, let's go into our
0: spotlight of excellence. We're going to do that. Uh, this week we're going to do the Iowa state patrol and I'll give you a little background on them. They are, uh, this patrol is, uh, for the state of Iowa, it's divided into four districts. They have 13 district headquarters. They have 267 sworn officers. They are authorized to 455. They are 183 officers short troopers short. So anybody looking for a job, it's a pretty good job out there. They're divided. You know, they've got a crisis team. They've got an air wing. If you like flying planes, you know, the eye in the sky, uh, I've never been stopped. Yeah, by are looking for guys
1: like you and me. Yeah, to go, yeah, but going names. They're, they're they're <laughs>
0: flying that. They got a public resource, a K nine unit. They got a tactical unit. Mm-hmm. They have an accident investigation unit, chaplain unit. So a, a fairly well rounded.
1: They're, they're an outstanding law enforcement agency. And they they patrol. Been. They patrol, and uh, that
0: kind of leads us into uh, one of the officers we're going to a hero, and we always try to spotlight one one officer's death uh, of that department, and it happens to be.
1: State Trooper Ted Benda, was uh, he succumbed to injuries, uh, suffered six days before he passed away in a single vehicle accident. Uh, He was responding to assist deputies from Clayton County Sheriff's Office with a wanted subject at about 1130 at night when his patrol car left the highway on Iowa Highway 51, about six miles north of Postville. He's flown to Gunderson Lutheran Hospital in La Crosse, Wisconsin, where he, re- where he remained until succumbing to his injuries. Yeah. Uh, Trooper Bender served with the Iowa State Patrol for five years and had previously been with the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation for 11. Uh, and th- this is one of the saddest facets of losing an officer. He's survived by his wife, yeah. uh, four children, parents, and siblings. 16 years in the profession, 37 years of age. Badge three thirteen, our hearts and prayers go out to Trooper and his family.
0: Yeah, I mean those guys, they run hard, and you know when you're out in the county and you got some of those counties are pretty widespread, mm-hmm. and those sheriffs, the only backups they have sometimes are those state troopers. Oh yeah, and whether you're a trooper out there stopping somebody or you're going to assist, sometimes that's a distance, so you got to get there. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think that you know the driving can be dangerous, whether it be a deer or a road condition. And that's not the first guy that of law enforcement that's been killed by a truck.
1: Sergeant Alex Dinkla with the Iowa State Patrol is a good friend of mine. And yeah. he's been on me, on with my guests as, as a, in other radio outlets. And mm-hmm. super, super guy. Uh, I have had always had nothing but respect for State Patrol. Um, they look sharp. They act sharp. Uh, they remind me of my f- former police department. And uh, uh, the guys and gals there are just top-notch so i can't say enough well, good they, they do a control.
0: lot and they they support a lot of small towns and of course we see them mostly at the iowa state fair mm-hmm. uh they take over and they they handle all the security for you know up to a hundred thousand people a day a million people a year go through there and they do it Oh, to, and they have e- they e- have efficiently. they have a
1: great sense of humor too because you know me french i like to pimp people I like oh to, yeah, yeah. Well, I, i'd be working off <laughs> the day <Dave> <clears throat> i'd be working off duty at mercy and They'd have a road victim in an accident come into the ER, and the troopers would come in. They all knew me, and they'd walk into the ER, and I'd look at them. And say, you're a pretty man. <laughs> Knock it off, Marillo. Yeah, God, get- you're pretty.
0: No, <clears throat> so they'd get you. Well, I remember uh, running Des Moines wagon you know, back in the day, Mm -hmm. we would have to go up and pick up the prisoners from them Mm -hmm. and transport them downtown to, at the time we had a city jail, so we'd take them down there and we'd always load it up and they'd be all the, the the guys that were in the bud tent, they're all drunk or they'd been fist fighting and we load them up then. and they were a bunch of dandies. We'd pack that wagon. Of course, we'd get a a guy that was giving us a hard time, you know, and of course the fair's on in the summertime, Mm -hmm. the heat of August. Well, of course, uh, okay. You guys run your mouth back there. We'd turn the heater on in the back. And then we'd go down that hill by the... Go down the hill by the the we'd, we'd ring their line. bell a little bit. You know, we have, have somebody
1: in here who does want to hear that, Roger, even. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. well, anyway. Yeah. Well, that's going to lead us into our next uh, our next deal. Yeah. We're going to go... We have a great guest with us, and I am oh. so proud. This is my former chief. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about it. he's my former chief He was a great chief and your chief uh Bill Mulder Bill thanks for coming today Welcome. well thank
2: you for inviting me it's a pleasure well
0: I I know uh uh I just remember the day you were you're a great guy and uh tell our listeners a little bit about your background I mean I I know it but I'm gonna let you go into it
2: Well, I, I stumbled into police work back in 1963 I was uh looking for a job and Kansas City, Missouri Police Department was hiring typists, and so I applied as a typist. and decided this is not a bad gig. Got on the department and was able to to work there for 25 years. I uh, made sergeant, went up through the ranks, right. had the opportunity to uh, to learn to fly helicopters. Wow! And uh, a, as you might imagine, was uh, as any police officer, uh, I was at a lot of really major events in Kansas City. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was. A, traffic commander during the reagan uh run for presidency and the Repul- republican party held their co- their convention in kansas city that was okay. a fun thing oh yeah running uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of trouble was, there for that one well, trouble it's just a lot of logistics pieces moving you yeah. had uh, cars going uh, escort groups going all over town right I got a chance to sort of see that again in Des Moines right after I came here as chief when the register was doing the um, the the debates down at the civic center. Right. In watching in February, watching uh, uh, candidates come out after the debate, get into a limo and be escorted right, off. Right. Uh, one of the more amusing sights. I'm out there and it's colder than hell. I've got on every piece of police uniform I own, a heavy coat, uh-huh. and I'm I'm shivering. It's cold and. <sighs> Pat, uh, oh, the guy that ran for president, Pat uh, Buchanan. Buchanan. Pat Buchanan mm-hmm. comes out. He's got on just a suit. He doesn't have on a coat or anything. Right. And the news media spot him, and they come running over, and they've got these big clegg lights that are putting out heat, and he's he's warming to the interview. <laughs> well, the uh, Secret Service had come up with the, with the band, with the car that he was going to be in female Secret Service officer standing by the door where she's going to, he's going to get in, and she doesn't have a coat on. She's out there she's <laughs> shivering in the She winter. was earning her money that day. Uh, no. But she never never again went outside without oh, a coat. Oh, my word. But uh, you got to see a lot of uh, fun adventures. Then the opportunity to become the police chief in, in uh, Des Moines was really overwhelming. I mean, Billy,
0: Billy Walsh was the chief before right. you. Right. I remember he was on yeah. – he, uh, uh, he was there, and then you came on and brought a whole fresh new deal because you'd been in Kansas City. and
2: Actually, I didn't bring much fresh at all. I just learned that uh, Des Moines had their act together. And uh, I came to Des Moines and uh, began to see that there were really high-quality people. There were a lot of things Des Moines did differently from Kansas City and did it better. Right. And so I just basically got out of the way and kept uh, supporting things that worked in in uh, questioning things that were a little iffy. I, it was a great department when I got here. I hope it was still a good department when I left. I think it's still a good department now. Uh, so. And now, now
0: you're in consulting, or you were.
2: I was in consulting. I, I, as you probably know, when you get to be age 65, you cannot be, play cops and robbers anymore. You have uh, to go do something else. Right. I was not ready to leave police business at that time yeah. in, uh, So I opened up a consulting firm that we started out with the idea that we would help uh, cities find new police chiefs, do the recruiting, because it's a pretty important process, selecting a police chief, whether it's Mm -hmm. internal or external, and uh, that branched off into doing uh, investigations in the Department of Complaints Against the Department, uh, appearing as an expert witness in I managed to during the 18 years I did consulting uh, help cities hire police chiefs, fire chiefs, public works directors, parks directors, even had a a storm a wastewater treatment plant supervisor. We helped them find. Right. So it was it was a lot of differences.
0: Do you think uh, departments that have internal problems, whether it be internal lawsuits, and I know Des Moines had a few, a couple, uh, bringing an outside person in makes a lot more sense than them trying to do the
2: investigation themselves. Well, does it
0: help them in the, in the legal process?
2: It may or may not. I mean, you kind of leaders have to be leaders. If they aren't, they aren't uh, strong in the world of leadership. It doesn't matter whether they come from outside or inside. And, Mm -hmm. and I recognize there is, you know, the, the adage of uh, new broom sweeps clean. Eh, maybe, but if you have someone who takes responsibility for being the leader, being the one in charge, and when they look at something and see it's not right, fix it. Uh, take responsibility for it. I One of the very first things I learned in in police chief school was when you screw up, uh, confess your sins. Right. All the world right. is Catholic. Confess your sins and you will be forgiven. And it happened many times on the police department. We'd do something that didn't work right. right. And come out and say, you know, we, we blew that one. It was a one or two day story at the most. But if you tried to... Uh, make it look right Mm -hmm. it became a week-long uh recurring story that you just kept uh one of my assistant chiefs characterized it as like being Mm -hmm. uh put to death by paper cuts oh no one of
1: one of the one of the many um pluses of uh, chief molder here was that he came in fresh Mm -hmm. no baggage that didn't set well no political yeah none at all and that didn't set well with the hierarchy there that was looking for an internal candidate. But what they didn't want to admit is they didn't have any internal candidates that were best suited for the job or the rank and file would re- support. Now, the click would support, but not the rank and file. So when yeah. Chief Mulder showed up, uh, there were some people PO'd about it. I thought you did a fabulous job of bringing
0: everybody together. I mean, there may have been some people who wanted to be chief, but you did a very nice job that
1: uh, they're
0: I didn't hear any rumblings about. People. Well, one thing that, too, you know? and
1: I'm sure I'll let the chief elaborate on this. One of the things you, uh, many things you want to try and do as a chief of police, is make the place better than it was when you found it. But also leave a bunch of good internal candidates to succeed you, chief. Am I wrong?
2: Oh yeah, I, mean, what I always saw as my responsibility is train my replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I saw that all the way up through my career is trying to train someone who could take my job. I mean, if, it, if there's nobody that can take my job, I can't get promoted. So yeah. I, I figured that was a not only a responsibility for the company, the police department it was mm-hmm. also a responsibility for me because this operation is, as you well know, mm-hmm. the day you walk out the door, nothing changed in the department. You're just gone. Uh, yeah. If You have uh, that's very true. If
0: Did, <laughs> yeah. I, that's in today's climate with everything going on, body cameras. We didn't have body cameras back then, but they do now with the, with the body cameras and the BLM stuff and the, all the accusations on police departments. Um, I, I always felt, and I'm going to give you, and this is just my opinion in Ferguson when they had that shooting, that officer, that officer was involved shooting. They didn't come out right away with the camera. They didn't come out with the information. They kind of pulled the drapes and said, we're going to investigate this. And it, and it left a void for a period of time that the outside influences could come in and, and, make their own narrative. And I think it's more important today that these people, you know, if you've got shootings and body cameras, just like we had that downtown with that lady with a knife, get that out right away. I think that's real important today. But, I mean, it's so much different. What? How do you think departments should handle what's going on when they have an incident like that?
2: Well, one of the things about body cameras that I, I thought was fascinating, they they begin to develop after I left. We had right. in-car cameras that I thought, eh, they're okay, but they they don't. Take pictures of what goes on around you they just take a picture in front of the car so i was not a, a huge fan of in-car cameras I, you know they were they were good we ought to have them but i didn't see them as much uh, much to they were the all, total
0: end-all be-all answer
2: yeah but the one of the fascinating things is is the body-worn camera began to manifest and departments were were mulling over whether they should get them or not there were cops buying their own body worn cameras because mm-hmm. they knew it's true. You know, this is something that I, I can give you an accurate picture of what happened instead of the, the story that the person making the complaint made. So it was one of those things that was accepted very readily by police officers. One of the real challenge of body worn camera is that you, you're trying to balance the privacy issue of people the the county attorney's concern of having evidence come out in a proper fashion. So you go to a crime scene, and you got your body warm cameras, and you, you have all the evidence mm-hmm. on that camera. Now, how much can you legitimately, and, and I don't have the answer for this, legitimately make public uh, the fact that you saw the guy shooting on your camera, you right. recorded the guy shooting the other guy. Oh, that's a pretty powerful piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. Does the county attorney have any heartburn with how that gets out into the public? Right. Um, and the other part of it, you go to officers frequently go to domestic violence uh, events. Right. And here's people that are bloody and beat up and she- yelling and screaming obscenities to each other. All that's on the body worn camera. And the complaint comes out. You're going to show this on the nightly news. One of the concerns I had was know, people doing freedom of information questions, and uh, instead of of uh, people just doing it through the the normal thing, i would come up with a freedom freedom for information question, And they'd run a whole show mm-hmm. of give me all the uh, the video stuff that was on the last night's shift, sort through it, and run a TV show the next day of all the the terrible things that uh, happened, embarrassing people and in very, uh, well, very I know
0: I know storage is an issue uh, my family got involved and we donated some cameras we uh, number cameras to Waukee and Des Moines and that was a big thing uh, but I think it's it's very critical to have that documentation cuz it protects
1: the good officer and it protects the narrative the sooner you can get the camera footage out the better oh, i yeah. agree with that oh, yeah. however like the chief alluded to there's an evidentiary piece to that there's a confidentiality piece to that. There may be a HIPAA piece to that. There's all sorts of people's rights things, mm-hmm. and the fact that you don't want to blow the case. That's if right. It's a homicide. If, the, if it's not yeah, unsol- because yeah. because homicide investigation, fire death investigation, you know, finding out who the bad guy was is not that difficult because it's the person who was pissed. Right. Okay. It's the emotion crimes. Building an airtight case so that some cheesy defense lawyer can't punch holes in it that's the biggest part to a homicide investigation
0: well that's uh, some of these groups they don't understand that they're they're pushing that narrative to, for that cash pay and here's
1: one thing too you know. we need to get back to you know, cities police chief city manager council members they need to reach down and find themselves again and tell these people to you know oh. yeah just shut up get out of here we'll let you know we're not one thing about like chief molder and, and most of the chiefs i've worked for He's not hiding anything. He's no. he's and he's not going to protect cops. If 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 a cop did something bad, Bill Mulder's going to nail him. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he and I had plenty of conversations like that. He he had one hell of a union steward there at the police department. Oh,
0: here we go, here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry, chief. <laughs> you know, there's
1: going to be a little self promotion in this deal. <laughs> yeah, but well, we did, chief. I mean, we, we talked did. it over, and and uh, you know, you guys he's work well chief? together. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I say this with all sincerity. This is the best chief of police I've ever worked for at the Des Moines Police Department. He, he was fair. Mm-hmm. His emotions didn't take control. He wasn't. There was no vindictive. ego in there the was, thing. There wasn't. He wasn't vindictive or retaliatory. And sometimes that caused him some problems, you know. But he corrected him, and uh, it was almost 18 years. Uh, you were there, right, Chief?
2: Almost 18. And I can
1: tell you, when I worked there, it was he
0: was straight as an arrow. You knew what you got with him.
2: You know. but one, of the, one of the things, just I give back to you in the sense of the the union in Des Moines was unique in one respect. It was professional first. Right. They were cops first. Mm-hmm. Then they were union stewards afterwards. And all the union uh, people ever wanted, I've worked with several of them, all, of them, all they really wanted was fair treatment, uh, go by the contract, mm-hmm. and um, let's get along.
0: You think that's the, the true today?
1: Same thing? I think the dynamics of the social condition have changed so much that I don't know that the police unions and the police administrations are maybe playing off that same key of C all the time. I'd like to see police associations and police unions be more vocal in protecting their cops. If you, if you, everything you did and you were right, right. I'll defend you till hell freezes over. If you were wrong, chief and I are going to go have a conversation and, more than once, we said, "Yeah, he or she needs to maybe just pin that badge on the yeah. seat We car got a problem with this away. person. Yeah, and, well, you got to be able to do that. I, Even I, as a that gives you credibility with him. And, and I'll never forget, he said it in the Des Moines Register. Uh, he just retired a couple of years ago. Blaine Tellis, then right. senior police officer, he said, "Marillo didn't trivialize the grievance process," and I think the chief would probably agree with that. Yeah, I mean, nice. I
2: mean it, he never brought me the the. Bullshit stuff that uh, yeah. you know cops get tired and they complain about something and want yeah. to have something done. and David would look at him and say, "You don't have an issue. Get out of here." Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that mean- pisses, people,
1: pisses people off. But the one thing I did do, Roger, and I've never told the chief this. Okay, I was in crime analysis in the uniform division when right. I was Chief Steward six years, and I kept track. Of all the diet pop he drank that he took out of my refrigerator, it's about, you six, give him a bill, about you $600. Give him a bill no, it's too late now. But yeah, are, you
0: sure <laughs> to, are you sure it wasn't Chief Teal? Because I think he was supervising you. Yeah, um, that Teal. too.
1: But but one thing uh, Chief Mulder did that isn't done a whole lot of anymore, sadly, is like, Chief, and I'm sure you'll agree, uh, crime analysis was like a, a hub for the entire police department. The chief was there. His staff was there. Reporters were there. Everybody was bouncing things off each other. Uh, the BS was going on. The facts were being thrown out. We didn't give the media any more than we could legally give them. But the reporters, would hang, it was just like it was PD central for so many things. And they, well, they need to, to right find out, that again.
0: That office was right out of roll call, right yeah. outside the roll call room. You mm-hmm. can go there and, and, you know, after a roll call, everybody stop by, especially if you're in third watch, you know, in there when they do third, second, third watch change. Did, uh, Chief, what you, what? Case during your tenure down there, do you remember the most. And usually, we have a segment with an officer like, "What's the worst?" You, but I'm sure there's one case that sticks out in your mind, that whether it got solved or not, was the your biggest, the biggest crime or event.
2: Uh, there were there were several that were were startling and, and mm-hmm. sobering. I mean, the Drake Diner shooting, of course, was one of them. Right. It uh, in the while the Drake Diner shooting was a. A horrible event that took place. The quality of the investigation that followed that, Mm -hmm. the the officers that did the investigation were just magnificent. I would would get updates from time to time of what was going on, and right in. Quite frankly, if I ever decided to commit a crime, I didn't want any of those guys trying to investigate it because I was going to jail. They Uh, were dynamic. I Mm -hmm. I
0: think, Dave, you were involved. We talked about that. You were involved, Chip Beardsley, as far as first officers on the scene. I was the first sergeant on the scene. And then I don't know who were the detectives that handled that. uh,
1: uh, That came later. I remember seeing... Big Jim uh, Rowley. Yeah, Big Jim Jim. Rowley. He played a lead in that. Uh, I think John Shaver played a lead in that. Um, But I remember on the scene looking, as I rolled in, uh, it was just horrible i remember looking to the north the diner and i remember seeing charlie tedesco you remember him chief oh yeah and then uh this gal was only with the department for a while debbie farrell they those were yeah. the two i remember being on scene with me and then it all progressed
0: and but, chip showed up there he yeah, was there went in yeah. well i think they solved that pretty quick i think that I, uh, you know,
2: reasonably I mean. quick and in, in uh, big jim rally was was instrumental in solving one of the things that was so unique about it, the gun that was used to, to commit the, the homicide was a grizzly. Now, I don't know a lot about guns, but it was not a very popular gun. There were not a lot of them made. Mm-hmm. But the lab was able to figure out from the shell casing this was fired from a grizzly. Right. The, the department then got the, uh, the location of all the people who purchased grizzlies and started calling them up. Do you mm-hmm. still have this gun? Mm-hmm. Found a guy in, in Washington state of Washington that the gun was missing and fortunately he was a shooter he sent us some casings and some uh, some bullets right. that matched the casings that were at the scene so we, now we knew where the gun came from and how the gun we rally went to Washington and found out how the gun got from Washington to Des Moines and uh, even in the in the trial that was that stipulated was, yeah. that this was how the gun got there but it was it was one of those things where you just can't believe anybody could be that, that callous. Good. Yeah, it's horrible. But the other big case, and one that really changed a lot nationally as well, was the uh, Eugene Martin kidnapping. That's right. And, and that
0: was tied to the deal in West... O- what was the kid's name? What's the one? Uh, Gosh. Johnny, Johnny Gosh. Johnny Gosh. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, two, after Johnny, two years after Johnny Gosh, um, Eugene Martin kidnapping took place just about two or three weeks, maybe a month before I right. came in... Uh, working with the department and with the with the people that even Johnny Gosh's mother, Noreen Gosh, uh, a lot of changes took place in how we investigate missing kids. Uh, Earlier on, just years before Eugene Martin and Johnny Gosh, when a kid went missing, uh, yeah, call me in forty eight hours if he isn't back back, because right. most kids are you know, they take off for a, a few hours or rent house or go to school there. or run away for a uh, an afternoon, and it, there is a lot of of work that goes into doing a follow up on that. So right. law enforcement had said, you know, this is this is not efficient. So we won't do anything until they've been gone for a while, not after uh, Martin and Gosh.
0: Well, that uh, that was kind of unusual. Those two kids disappeared in the in the early morning hours. They're both register delivery boys, yeah. and I think that I Plus think that, that I mean, kids missing at three o'clock in the afternoon, they're probably at a friend's house. At you know four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning, there's not a lot of places they're going to go. But uh, those were time. I remember I, I was working. That was a Saturday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. I think that happened. And uh, I remember working when that was when that happened. Yep, took they
1: never toll, found those. I, I took a toll on everybody involved, particularly the parents and, and chiefs. Oh, yeah. Right, things are done differently now than they were. They don't they don't before. wait forty eight hours. Yeah, that. nowhere in know. the
2: country does anybody wait anymore. Uh, if there's a kid missing. You know, it's called out the reserves and everybody. Yeah, the everybody Amber
1: Alert happens. system kicks into place. Yeah. And we and work right, Iowa has with that. A, with an elementary age child, we work that incident until that child's located. Nobody goes home. Yeah. And if the next shift coming on devotes officers to it, uh, we're going to find that child before we go home. I don't think we've had an incident for quite some time.
0: I can't remember. Well, if they have, they've found the child.
1: The, what has helped curb some of that, not all of it, but what has helped curb... A lot of crime in this country, relative to abductions and homicide, is DNA. That's been huge. I oh, think yeah. the chief would agree. You know, yeah. you you leave your mark wherever you go, and uh, well, DNA don't lie. Lawyers they, hate it.
0: They've had some kids, rurally, you know, in eastern uh, Iowa, disappear. But I think Des Moines is right on top of it. And and you get there, and and uh, well, it's a that's a that's something else. But uh, yeah, tough tough deal. But I, I you know. You were there for the floods, yeah, the ninety-three, 93 floods?
2: floods. That had to be exciting. It was uh, well when the flood started. I was in Kansas City. It was on a July in July, and I was in Kansas City and was coming home and and uh, couldn't get any information about what was going on in Des Moines on the radio. There was a, a little news flash in Kansas City that you know, there was a problem in Des Moines. I'm thinking, what the hell? <laughs> I couldn't get a hold of anybody, so yeah. I'm driving back and hearing that there's a water shortage, and it uh, wasn't until I got here that I found out that, oh, there is a real problem with water. Uh, as you may recall, Des Moines got so flooded that we lost the water processing plant. And at one point, I was trying to figure out how I could split the department into two pieces because the only north-south corridor that would connect north Des Moines to south Des Moines was East 14th Street. Everything right. else was flooded. and. Fortunately, there were two lanes stayed open in on East 14th Street all throughout the flood, so we were able to move back and forth. But, uh, again, that was one of those things where the department, I was out of town. They didn't call me up and say, what do we do? It started happening. Did,
0: did they have boat patrols? They put people in boats? There were some. Oh, yeah. That Is was that right? the
2: first time that I
1: had ever seen. I mean, we're trained on it. You know, we know about it. That was the first time I ever witnessed our department and the fire department uh, invoke emergency operation command. And back then, cell phones didn't exist, so you had lines of telephone lines, looked like spaghetti, hanging down to <laughs> phone, s- bank. phone banks. Uh, and and the getting everything going, the rolling, uh, get, you know, working with the power companies, right. and public works, and the chief and his staff. I mean, it was it was as smooth as it could possibly be. While at the same time, I think the chief would agree, a huge learning. Process. Oh, yes. Well, that
0: affected water. I remember being without water. Yeah, it I bad. mean, it
1: it, it. it, and I think they made major corrections to make sure that. Now, watching that water come in, I was on three to eleven patrol when the chief promoted me. Right, my promotion was leaving my day job as chief steward <laughs> and go to three to eleven patrol. Thanks, chief. I always wanted to thank you for that. <laughs> no. But um, uh, I remember being on sixty third, and I was going to drive down Gregory Lane. Right. And I remember seeing—I couldn't believe it. It's like there's a wall of water heading my way. So my first thought was, "I got to get out of here." I'm in a brand new sergeant's car, and the Chief's going to hang me. Yeah, because you're going to sit. "Oh you're man, you're going to be the U-boat commander." Yeah, very quickly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm—I remember flying over the railroad tracks heading south on 63rd, trying to get up to Browns Woods, and then that water came in and it hit Valley Junction. Yeah. It hit everywhere. It was a—it was, a, it was a, one of the worst floods I've ever seen. I mean, a lot of people. Older will also remember the floods of '73. Okay. That's when Valley Junction really got hammered. Yeah, they put in floodgates down there. Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you well, know, but from a policing standpoint, it's such a challenge. Here, here's my concern. You know that that Raccoon River has been there, you know, f- for a million years, right? And if you look at Valley Junction, it looks like they leveled it with a grader from 63rd all the way to the Hyvee store. Sure, and you know what leveled that out? The river. The river took So, care of one, some, and I, and I don't know if it'll happen in my remaining lifetime, but one of these days, Old Man River is going to come back out of there because that's well, where he goes when it's, the water's deep.
0: Well, you have a flood. I mean, there's so many things, like I said, in the boat patrol. So they, I know TAC unit had a boat. Yeah. But I, they
1: were, what the, the fire level? department has boats. You know, there's a lot more boats available than we used to have. But, but back then, I, yeah. I couldn't see, I like see you in a boat. Roll <laughs> their boat. I think we,
2: Rode the boat. <laughs> we commandeered a few boats from around yeah. it. So. Yeah. Yeah people uh, people actually brought their boats down and said you don't know, here you yeah, need to, to help you out but one of the one of the real achievements during the uh, flood of 93 was we had more portable toilets in Des Moines than they had anywhere else in the country we actually mm-hmm. had a surplus mm-hmm. we were putting them out cuz although you couldn't use the the sewer system you had no running water
0: i I, re- I remember mike nesbitt he's a friend of mine that he had nesbitt distributing down there just south of court avenue on 3rd they, they, that's how they got, they voted to their business. He, him and his brother, Fred. Well, they provided so nice they canned got drinking water too. Oh yeah. Budweiser I
1: mean, did. I mean, those are kind of collectible now. The the cans, been yeah. chief, the cans of water donated by Budweiser.
2: Well, I remember very vividly, I was coming up on a, a, a bell in, um, in Fleur Drive and here's this big beer truck. Right. I'm like, mm. what the hell?
0: They're giving my guy. they're giving our guys beer.
2: <laughs> it was canned. <laughs> Is water in beer cans? And, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and
0: <laughs> Bush stepped right up. And I, I think that's been done more than just in the more. I think yeah. they do that a lot. They do. Oh, yeah. They do. Well, I, you know, so you're retiring now. You're calling it a day. You're all done with the consulting. Is that?
2: Is that what I'm, I'm done doing? with consulting? Uh, something else comes along and it's interesting. I give it a shot. Uh, hang out.
0: Maybe go to Florida a little bit or go do travel. You, yeah. you he like still rides.
1: Ride? So I just we were talking in the truck driving over here, and he still rides in Ragbri and i don't uh, i don't want to give away his age none of us are spring chickens i don't ride Bob. Really bike yeah but this this guy will ride his bicycle from My the word. mississippi to the missouri wow yeah. what well, a what a what a feat at any age
0: i'll, I'll tell you it's, he's got even though we were the two of his best officers we know that that's right, right? He, we were we were we two were, of the he crack was a, he was we were expounding a on we were that. Like right. a, yeah we were like the felony car yeah, yeah I,
1: I think he called us frickin' a <laughs> Yeah, i
0: think <bank>. dong. dog <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh well Chief, I got to tell you something. It's been such a pleasure having you. Absolutely, and uh, I, uh, I want to get you back on again. You're informative. uh, Some of the stories and
1: well, his his uh, I don't know. Are you going to leave your website up for a while, Chief, or is it gone? No, it's gone. Okay, all right. We 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 give you one thing I found out about this guy right here. um, He helped when I was on the Norwalk City Council. He his uh, consulting. Uh, Posse helped us find the police chief that's now there, but uh, he's always answers his phone. And he's if you have a question, run it by Chief Bill Mulder. The, you, you won't find a, a more experienced authority in any facet of uh, police administration. Oh well, yeah,
0: especially if you're you know a city administrator looking to hire, he's your guy. He's the guy you want to call. And and uh,
1: and if he could manage you and I, Roger, back when he could well, manage. Let me anything. tell you something. Yeah, he had a lot of. <laughs> I don't even want to go into it. We, we talked about your
0: deal. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll just leave that we'll alone. We'll just leave yeah. that alone okay. in the infamous problem. All right, uh, problem. But, All right but, but anyway, Chief, thank you for coming on. I, I appreciate it. it. I appreciate Great it. Great job, Chief. Okay, uh, let's go into this, Bob. We'll end this up. Uh, well, everybody, we want to thank you for coming out, uh, listen to the show, tell a friend, tell your neighbor, tell somebody to listen to us. Uh, you know where to do that. Always stay safe. Be vigilant. I say that, vigilant. All right, I think yeah, I'm saying that. Right. I screw us. that up every time. Yeah. Bill, vigilant, vigilant, vigilance—the term. He'll, <laughs> he'll help me. Be, stay vigilant. Use your common sense. Yeah. You remember, vote for those uh, candidates that uh, use common sense and uh, support the law enforcement. And
1: yep. back. Yep, works for me. Thanks, David. All right, buddy. All right, See talk to nice. you later. Bye. You've been listening to Cop Talk USA with your hosts Marillo
0: and French.